I don't know what we were talking about. Okay. Well, you know what I have been thinking about, though? What? The time in my life when all I did was scroll through Tumblr. Like, I miss Tumblr a lot. I miss Tumblr, too. (laughs) Like, uh, so much, right? Like, old Tumblr. Yeah. And I miss it so much. But then I, like, really sit and think about, like, my my personal mark on Tumblr, and I didn't really make one. And I'm totally okay with that. Because what I did use Tumblr for, I do not want to have my name attached to it. Exactly. You know, and it's not even anything, like, super embarrassing. Like, it wasn't a porn Tumblr. It wasn't a Stan Tumblr for most fandoms. It was, however, a Spielings Peter stan account oh my god not spilling peter look i hold a special place in my heart for spilling peter you ran a stan account not necessarily a stan account because no i didn't have time for that during my mental illness like okay the peak of me being me did not have the time and energy for it but did i follow 10 separate spilling peter blogs Mm. That I would scroll through every single day to get news on Spewing Peter. Oh my god, you were in deep. And park sightings, and yeah, I was in it. If it was a couple years beforehand, honestly, I probably might have attempted to write a Spewing Peter fan fiction. Lexi, I am pretty sure I read some Spewing Peter fan fiction. Okay, see, I never actually did. I don't 100% remember, but I know that I saw a lot of fan art, and I'm fairly positive I read some fanfic. So, wait, you saw fan art of Spewing Peter? Oh, yeah. How? What? I, I feel like fan art of Spewing Peter would literally just be Peter Pan himself. I mean, it basically, like, it was, right? It was <laughs> Peter Pan and Wendy, but it also was not. It also was definitely Spewing Peter and then that Wendy, who was also Alice. So then there was also Alice and Mad Hatter fan art. But then there was also Alice and Peter fan art. Yes. Welcome to an extremely goofy podcast with your hosts, Spewing Peter fan, Lexi, <laughs> and Disney bounding hater. Ashlyn. <laughs> Today we're talking about super cringy moments. In the Disney fandom. And honestly, I feel like Spewing Peter wasn't even that cringy. Are you serious? I think that's kind of the peak. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's. I think it was an incredibly bad and frightening time in retrospect. I think, yes. In hindsight? Yeah. A thousand percent. Like, they, ha- they, knew, they knew what they had with Spewing Peter. They knew what they had, for sure. And it got over the line. (laughs) Multiple times. And in case you guys don't know, if you weren't there. Yeah, what is Spewing Peter? What is Spewing Peter? I might cry talking about it. I love Spewing Peter. Seriously, you want me to do it? Hang on. I want to look up what year was this? Like 2013? 14? Oh my god, I just found a Tumblr called Gosh Yeah Spewing Peter. Oh, I followed that one. Is this your Tumblr, Lexi? <laughs> no, I, I was not running a Stan account. I just followed <laughs> all of them. 
Oh my God. Oh, it's really bringing me back. It's really bringing me back. Okay. So you guys, Spieling Peter was a um, particular character performer at Disneyland. The best Peter. The best Peter. The best Peter that they ever had. Um, I it, Like in the 2010s, I would say. Don't you yes. think that's about the right time frame? It was like early to mid 2010s. That's what I'm thinking too. Definitely early because it was, I think we were still like in, fre- like I think we were still freshmen. Okay. People were obsessed with Spieling Peter and he oftentimes worked with a particular Wendy that I don't know if, she, do you remember if she had a little nickname like this? Maybe she didn't. But also I'm still wondering where the hell did Spieling Peter come from? Yeah, I have no idea. I would love to know, like, what was his original job and, like, was he just hired for this role? Apparently, oh, I, apparently there's um, a fan Wikipedia about this. Apparently he worked at Disneyland as far back as 2007, originally working as Terrence, one of the Tinkerbell fairies. Yes, he was Terrence. I do remember I do. that now. I remember those photos, yes. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, teen girls became obsessed with this guy. And they would go to Disneyland and they would straight up stalk him. People literally went to Disney specifically to find Spieling Peter. Yeah. Can you imagine the time? I, I, I cannot. <laughs> he often worked with a particular Wendy and then yeah. um, they ended up dating um, and then getting married and having a child. So it was like a very, you know, storybook romance for the two of them that the fandom just ate up. Yeah, see, that's my, that was the cringy part. It was like, okay, y'all are romanticizing these face characters. Okay, a thousand, whatever. Spieling Peter is baby and that's great. But like, imagine your entire personal life just being on blast like that. To the point where like you are with your person and like you've got one form of income and people are following you around your place of employment and creating tension. I cannot. Like, on top of having to deal with hundreds of thousands of people every day. Yeah. Also remember during this time, the amount of PSAs that CMs had to put out and um, everyone's friends had to put out because they were like, y'all are going to make Disneyland lose the character experience. And wasn't he eventually fired? No, he left on his own accord. Oh, okay. That's good. Um, yeah. Because it definitely was hampering like the character integrity. Yeah. Because people were going crazy, coming to the parks, stalking a particular Peter Pan. Um, and they would like look at other Peter Pans and be like, well, that one's not spilling Peter. We want right. spilling Peter. <laughs> this was also during the time when character interactions at Disneyland were incredibly personable. Mm-hmm characters and their friends would be like free roaming around the park but you had every ample opportunity to interact with them the same way that you would that with someone that you went to Disney with yeah I was always so jealous of people who had Disneyland as a home park because of that character interaction yeah like that's in such a stark contrast to Disney World where it's really contrived and you have to like go to a character meet and greet and stand in line inside of a building to like go get your photo with Pooh yeah, and you literally get three minutes, and then you have to be shuffled out. Yeah. yeah. It was just very authentic, at, or it is just very authentic at Disney. But yeah. in this case, like, that authenticity was almost 
a bad thing. Yeah, it really was um, because you had people just stalking like these four character performers. Yeah. And being overly invested in their love life. Yeah. And like verbally like harassing them, not just feeling Peter and Wendy, but like multiple other characters as well. Yeah. How bad would you have felt if you were like a different Peter <laughs> and all these teenage girls are like, he's not spewing Peter. We went spewing Peter. That is an entirely different breed of human. I wonder where those people are now. Do they think back about their stand times? I'm curious because sure. I always think back about my stand period when I was a K-pop stan in the early 2000, 2010s. And I was like, that's kind of cringy. But it's not as cringy as, like, fully getting emotionally vested in face characters. <laughs> That's a whole new low, I think. Whole new low. It's like the cringiness of, like, real people fan fiction. You know, where it's, like, you are shipping two real-life people, and that's, like, kind of twisted. Like um, Steph Meyer. Yeah, only it's worse because they're not, like, you're not even, <laughs> it's like they're playing a character. Like, it's, it's crazy it's because you're, weird. you're playing it, they're playing a character who's playing a character. Yeah, exactly. And, like, you're not even standing, like, real people. Like, you're standing real people who are playing as characters but that you also stand. That's weird. It's super weird. That's weird. Don't like it. I think that's honestly the cringiest thing that happened in the Disney community in like the early 2010s. Really? I think so. I think that that just takes the cake. Yeah. I think you, it's also one of those things where like you have to be there. Like we're talking yeah. about it so flippantly, but like I think you just have to understand. I mean, I can't even describe like how deranged people were about this one particular Peter Pan. Absolutely asinine, but no buts. I do it all again. I, I mean, I would do it all again. The Hot Topic circle skirts, I'd do it again. The Hot Topic, I, I would not do that again. Really? <laughs> I, no. The circle skirts, I would do again. See, it's just, it's giving me black milk from 2011. Oh my gosh, yes. Like, not in a good way. I know. But you do love a Disney circle skirt. I did. I haven't worn one in years, but. Okay. <laughs> you're like, yeah, huh? Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you're you're a fancy grown up. Also, I just feel like we've aged out of circle skirts. I have this problem with my whole wardrobe. I look at it and I'm like, the problem is, I am almost thirty. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I I don't necessarily want to dress like an adult, but I also just can't have an entire closet full of like hoe clothes. It's it's a tough to get the right balance. It is tough to get the right balance, but I like having yeah. like a lot of pieces to like mix and match together because I feel like you can do so much um, mm -hmm. and like create a bunch of different looks. Um, and it's also really great for like a last minute costume. That's true. I've a thousand percent been able to do a very casual cosplay of a lot of my favorite characters. You know what else I think is cringy? The rise of Disney bounders. Well, look, I love a casual cosplay moment. Do you really? Yeah. Like, you think it's cool to, like, go to the Magic Kingdom, you're wearing, like, a, like a red shirt and yellow pants, and you're like, I'm Pooh Bear today. <laughs> well, I also think it, like, just depends on the quality of Disney bounding and casual cosplay, exactly. right? 
Like, yeah. Disney bounding, which I know the era of Disney bounding you hate, is the same 2011 Tumblr-esque Disney exactly. bounds of exactly. people wearing the same Disney circle skirt, red toms, and a black shirt yes. and some ears being like, I'm Minnie Mouse. It's, yes, exactly. It's like, no, you are not. You are just wearing mouse ears in a red skirt. If you're gonna Disney bound, go all out. I think that's my issue with it, honestly. It's like, if you are going to commit, then commit, you know? Yeah. Like, if you want to cosplay, then cosplay. Um, good luck with Disney's rules, you know? I understand you got to work within those. But, like, just don't half-ass it showing up in a red shirt claiming you're Pooh Bear. Like, that's just right. lazy. You're not like, fooling anybody. No, you're not. And so for those who I'm sure everyone knows, but have to say it, Disney bounding was kind of the counter act to Disney's strict costume rules. It was very much like very, very casual, 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 casual cosplay. And no one really called it that, but let's call a duck what a duck. Let's call <laughs> duck a duck. It's casual cosplay, but people took it to, like, the very bare minimum. And just because you're wearing a red skirt and a black tank top wearing mouse ears doesn't mean that you're Minnie Mouse. You are just somewhat dressed like her. That's fine. But, like, I don't know. Don't make it chuggy. I think that's what got me about it, honestly. Like, I understand that, like, you can't break Disney's guidelines, but people would literally wear a blue dress and be like, I'm Dory. And it's like, no, you're not. You're wearing a blue dress. Get a grip. Literally, I want to see people at Disney wearing a blue nightgown and a white bow in their hair. Mm. I want men in green tights. No, that's way too close to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Too close. But, like, I, creativity. Yeah. Please, some creativity. This was also the period where um, Dapper Day became very popular. Yes, Dapper Day. And I remember back in the 2010s, I was, like, obsessed with the concept of Dapper Day. Because Dapper Day was, like, the opposite of my issue with Disney bounding. My issue with Disney bounding is that people aren't trying hard enough and it just looks embarrassing. But yeah. with Dapper Day, people were, like, committed They were like, I will walk around in these six-inch stilettos all day in Hollywood Studios for a picture. And see, it's crazy because that, to me, is Disney bounding. Like, I think when we first had this conversation, like, me and Ash talked about this a couple weeks ago, and we were like, huh, I am a Disney bounder. But then Mm -hmm. it's like, you look at the total community of Disney bounders, and it's like, you wouldn't call how I dress Disney bounding. It's staying on theme. Yeah. Whereas Disney bounding truly is just like the laziest of laziest. And I think that there was that little disconnect when we were talking about it like initially, but now obviously going into it a little bit more, it's like what I consider Disney bounding is the intricate, is the ornate, is the I want layers, Mm. I want a story. What is the backstory? What is the theme? That to me is Disney bounding. Okay, I will give you that. I'm fine with that because, like, I have a lot of respect for cosplayers. I think in another life I would have been a cosplayer. It's probably not too late for me. It's just whenever people were making, like, literal, like, polyvore, if you remember, like, the polyvore collages of what they were going to wear on their Disney bound, and it's, like, literally, like, a purple tank top with, like, a yellow hair clip, and now you're Rapunzel, that I was like, this is not acceptable. Like, yeah. Everyone wants to be a fashion girly, but, like... Mm. 
you really got to look at who the audience is. Everybody wants to be a fashion girly, but not everybody can be a fashion girly. Not everyone can be a fashion girly, and you can't just give me a pink dress and be like, you're Megara. Yes. That's what really grinds my gears. It really do be grinding your gears. Gears. It really do be grinded. (laughs) I'm trying to think of what else is crunchy from this period. One could say the rise of Disney snack culture, but like that's something that we thrive on in this day and age. So that's true. I love Disney snack culture. I will never slap it. We've we have like episodes of Disney snack culture. Okay, so like back in the day, everybody was like fangirling, spilling Peter, and like fangirling people who worked for Disney. But Mm -hmm. now the fangirls are fangirling Disney Instagram influencers who don't work for Disney. Who just go to the parks all day. Isn't that weird? It's kind of crazy how it all comes full circle. Yeah. 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 I mean, also that's kind of cringy too, though. You're getting that hyped over someone who has enough disposable income to be able to go to Disney. It's pretty odd. And like, I would love to know how the finances actually work out with these influencers. Because I suspect a lot of them just have credit card debt and like maybe sugar daddies. But... Yeah. Like, I know that's not the case for everyone, but, like... I just want to know, how much are you really making? Like, tell me about it, girlfriend. (laughs) Yeah, because, like, that's a whole... Should I get in on this grift? (laughs) I feel like we're, like, years too late. I know. I think I'm too old, honestly. I don't think people want to fantasize about being 28. I think they want to fantasize about being 22. I don't want to fantasize about being 22. Never again. I don't either. I love being 28. Oh my god, ow. Was that your back? You heard that? That was crazy loud. Are you okay? I can move my legs. Okay, that's good. We don't need more back injuries on this podcast. No, we're both gonna be out. Anyway, that was the sound of my back cracking. (laughs) Call the chiropractor. You know what would work as a good chiropractor? Big Thunder Mountain. Oh my god, I love Big Thunder Mountain. I know, so do I. Actually, I used to refer to Space Mountain as my chiropractor because, like, I would just stay really loose and then, like, the Disney World one. Because whenever you come around, there's, like, a point where it stops kind of abruptly and then my back would pop. And it's nice. Yes. I do have to say that that is one of the good things about Disney World's Space Mountain. Yeah. Yeah. But Big Thunder Mountain's good, too. That'll shake you up. If you stay real loosey-goosey, you'll just pop all over the place. (laughs) I don't like doing it on base, Big, Th- Space, bleh, Big Thunder Mountain as much as I do Space Mountain, only because the seats are so wide. So, like, you're really free-balling it on That's Big true. Thunder Mountain. For what it's worth, as Space Mountain for being called a thrill ride, it is one of the tamest roller coasters. I don't understand whenever people complain about, like, um, Space Mountain being rough, because I find it to be, like... Like a pretty easy ride. I think it's so easy. Big Thunder Mountain is much harder, I think. Well, yeah, someone died on it. Like, <laughs> yeah. That should give it all the credibility that it needs. I can, there are some roller coasters I cannot even ride. Like, Mount Everest makes me throw up. So, see, I love Mount Everest. It's, I, it's one of my favorite roller coasters. I love the queue. I think it's the best queue Disney's ever done, but I do throw up. That makes me sad for you. I know, me too, because I always ride it anyway. Okay, as long as you know that I'm not holding your baggie when we go to Disney World. Okay. 
It's fine. My last trip, I just threw up by Rainforest Cafe in a bush, so it's fine. I think where you stood, it's Rainforest Cafe. Yeah, I agree. Like, they, they know it by now. Yeah, there's no way that you're coming out of that not vomiting. My other cursed Disney fandom memory is how people used to make these, like, really weird crossover AMVs and put them on YouTube, and it would always be, like, um, like Peter Pan and Ariel in love. I remember those videos, not even because you sent them to me and I was aghast, but because I do remember the Peter Pan and Little Mermaid crossover. Pretty odd, which like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Like mix up the IP a little bit. That's cool. That's valid. But like, I really don't need to see it in terms of like work and time because those AMVs were like really well edited. Honestly, I was watching some the other day whenever we first discussed doing this as a topic, and it's kind of impressive to me, like, what those teenagers were able to do, you know? Yeah. Like, some of it looked pretty convincing. Yeah. Like, I saw one with Belle and then um, Jim from Treasure Planet, and they edited Jim's face onto the Beast's head for the ballroom dancing scene, and it looked pretty good. (laughs) I don't ever want to see that video, but I believe in you that it looked pretty good. Oh, I'm going to send it to you. (laughs) But I also agree that that pairing kind of actually makes sense and I'm here for it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they do make sense. I saw one too that was um, Aladdin and Ariel. Okay. Yeah. That I'm like a little iffy on. Okay. A whole new world. Just want to be part of your world. Okay, I can see that. It's clicking. But, like, it just doesn't make as much sense as I would like it to. Yeah, I mean, none of it makes sense. How do they find each other? What is your favorite crossover pairing? I was about to ask you the same question. Ooh, same wavelength. I think I have my answer. Here's the thing. It always feels so messed up whenever I try to start thinking about stuff like this. Because it's, like, they're basically all minors. So I don't, like... Yeah shipping anyone with shit like i understand that like all these disney princess movies it's like ariel's 16 but at the same time it's like she's 16 (laughs) right i agree so okay perfect like we're not ignoring but like age everyone's the same age Mm -hmm. everyone's the same age Mm -hmm. and they all live in this weird crossover like multiverse okay so you could ship anyone with anyone it's so hard I think you're going to be very surprised with what I say. Okay, you tell me yours first. Maybe it'll, like, help me think. Milo and Megara. Why? 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 Okay, he's a nerd. Yes. She is, like, a femdom. Yes. This is the dynamic. And I also think, right, that, like, yes, Milo's a nerd, but he would see all of the strength in Meg. And be, oh, he 100% would, because he likes yeah, a strong woman. Yes, exactly. And someone who speaks their mind and isn't going to shy away from speaking up for what's right, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And while Milo is a nerd, I think that Meg would see his true self and him wanting, or rather, he she would see value in him wanting to learn more wow curveball there that is a deep one lex thank you i could see it right like i could see it yeah i just feel like he kind of wants to take the back seat yeah in the relationship yeah 
I think he wants to defer to a strong lady. And so Meg makes sense. Yeah. I think he definitely would want to be like, okay, yeah, no, like, he's not someone who needs to stand his ground. Right. How many people shipped Elsa with Jack Frost from that one movie, Guardians okay. or whatever? I was one of those people. <laughs> you were? Yes, as someone who hates Frozen, visually, I was like, okay, ice, royalty, and I also have a deep, deep crush on Jack Frost, so. Yeah, I mean, he's cute. When we were younger, thousand percent. Give me a blonde boy, a silver-haired boy. It makes a lot of sense, because I'm, now I'm dating Fitz, and he has a fucking skunk stripe. I forgot how a lot of people would make um, crossover pairings that were gay. And I used to see a lot of like Ariel Jasmine AMVs. And then actually on my first day of work at Disney, I saw like a, um, an Ariel face character and a Jasmine face character um, in the tunnels holding hands. And I was like, oh my God, it's just like those mashup videos. That's actually so cute. It was really cute. I want to know what the basis of is of these pairings. Like, is it based on character interactions? Is it based on visual? Is it based on personality? I don't know. It's interesting, right? Peter Pan and Ariel, I used to see a lot. Right. And that makes sense to me in terms of a universe because of the Mermaid Lagoon. Right. But I don't see it in terms of personality. No, not at all. I know that a lot of the Peter Pan and Alice fandom Mm -hmm. came specifically from the Wendy and Peter face characters. For sure. And like, okay, visually, yeah, like they're cute, but like, I, I don't like it most, I feel like most of that fandom came from the face characters. Oh yeah. But I'm trying to think of other characters. I can't come up with any, nothing feels right. I don't feel like any of them go together. I know, I'm like thinking and I'm like, why am I drawing a blank to any character? Any Nothing character? feels right. Nothing feels right. I don't want any of them to be together. It's weird. That's valid. I don't know. Like this one has Mulan and Aladdin together. I don't see it at all. Yeah, Mulan is just way too independent for Aladdin. Yeah, and then like here's Aladdin with Pocahontas. Okay. It makes zero sense. Okay, now this one, I can kind of see Ariel with Tarzan. Really? Yeah, because she's like fascinated by his world. And then he wants to learn about her world. And it's different worlds, you know? Different. They can learn from each other. And she's like such a free spirit. She's kind of down for anything. Okay. You know? I bet she'd love to hang out with a gorilla. Oh, she'd love hanging out with a gorilla. Who would you put Merida with? I was going to ask you that, and then I was like, I feel like that's just a bad question because I don't see Merida with anyone. She's an independent lady. She is an independent lady. But if I were to pair her up with anyone, Flynn Rider. You know what? I can see them being besties. They would have so much fun together. I can see them drinking and, like, just joking around together, like, arm wrestling. (laughs) Yeah, like, Merida just acting as a fool. Yeah. And Flynn trying to, like, outdo her. Thousand percent can see that. 
Honestly, I think Flynn Rider is like one of the best characters they've ever made. I think I would almost put him with anybody. <laughs> I want to agree, but I'm also disagreeing because I wouldn't okay. be, I can't see Flynn Rider with Aurora and I can't see him with Snow White. He would help Aurora loosen up because Aurora seems very uptight to me. I do feel like he wouldn't go well with Snow White. You're, no. you're correct on that. Yeah. I think that she would bore him. I think she wouldn't want to put up with his antics. No. Okay, this one, kind of hot. Esmeralda and Pocahontas. Yes. Oh, but you know what? I can see Snow White and Cinderella living in a cute little cottage with, like, by themselves in the woods. And, like, oh, yeah. Living, like, them partners forever. Oh, yeah. I can definitely see that. Who would you put with Cusco? Maybe Rapunzel. Perhaps. I think it needs to be someone who's, like, very kind and open to, like, new experiences and excited by what's out there. So, like, I feel like Rapunzel fits that. I think she could help him kind of, like, break out of his own perspective because her perspective's been, like, this big her entire life. Yeah. So I think that, like, she would have... I I think her excitement for life could rub off on Cusco. I think so, too. I also like the idea that, like, they would both help each other them they would both help each other grow exactly because Rapunzel is so wide-eyed and because mm-hmm. Rapunzel does just like doesn't necessarily know any better it would be a very very rough beginning it would basically be the first half of Tangled but i think that's also why it works yeah how did this become a <laughs> i don't know I was wondering the same thing. Like, how did this start with Cursed Disney fandom and then it turned into us deciding who we ship with who? (laughs) Which, honestly, kind of still in theme because low-key, this is a cursed conversation. You know what I will be doing? Trying to find videos of Milo and trying, watching Atlantis and also seeing if there are AMVs of Milo and Meg. I'm sure that there are. It's made me want to watch Tangled. I want to watch Tangled now. I haven't seen Tangled in so long. Who could you see pairings with? Let us know. Do you love Disney bounding like it's 2012? Do you love stalking Peter Pan at Disneyland? Who do you ship with Ariel? Let us know. Who do you ship with the Mad Hatter? I want to know. I mean, there was so much Alice and Mad Hatter art back in the day. Oh, I know. And like, I fucking hate it because Google Images is cursed um oh my god and then this was the period of time where they had the mad hatters tea party at disneyland yes oh we didn't even talk about that me and my sister went and it was boring as hell so really you know what it was cute for like a moment but i I think like i was 20 and my sister was like obviously much younger so like we couldn't secure drinks like yeah and we like they had the party during the day it wasn't even at night so it was like kind of stupid the premise of it was really sick the execution and being there was not yeah anyway anyway thanks for listening check us out on social media all of our links are in the description xoxo gossip girl we'll see y'all next week see you next week bye